Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Day two of our running back prop series here on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, back with you here once again on the show. Hope you're all having a fantastic start uh, to your day. This is the the halfway point for us here over what's going to be a four-part series of us going through various running backs across the National Football League and evaluating their props for the 2023 season. Jamie, before we get into these seven names, you left the listeners with something in the last episode that we did when it had to do with running backs. And you mentioned just offhand, that, you know, you, you name dropped Jim Cramer and you said there's the anti-Jim Cramer oh, yeah. ETF and you said that you had a story, but you didn't want to kind of sidebar us here at the end of that show. Well, I'm going to ask you to sidebar us here at the beginning of the show because you can't drop something like that and not pay off the bit for a while. So we oh, I had well, to get you to answer this sooner uh, rather than later. Yeah, I mean, it's not that fun of a story, but th- there was a uh, when I was working at Sports Illustrated, there was uh, they had like a the company that owned Sports Illustrated also had business dealings with Jim Cramer. And his companies. And he started uh, right before the pandemic. He started something called Bull Market Fantasy. Uh, I assume it's still going. But since I'm not working there anymore and the pandemic happened and all the other stuff, like I kind of lost track with it. But uh, I did a lot of work on whether it was articles for the site, uh, promoting the site, helping the site build, stuff like that. So uh, in a weird, indirect way, um, I worked with Jim Cramer. So there you go. Wow. And, and we're gonna, fantasy football space of all things. That's that's a weird crossover that I didn't think we were going to have is. here on the Prospects and Props podcast, but here we do. Uh, we've got it. All right, Jamie, seven names for us to discuss here today. We'll start with uh, a guy who, in terms of fantasy, has been one of the darlings over the last five to seven years. This is a guy that you've wanted on your fantasy team if you have the opportunity to get him. That is Christian McCaffrey. We're just looking at the rushing props here today on the show. Yep. Okay, folks, 950 and a half on the yardage, seven and a half on the touchdowns. I will provide you... Uh, the context here, if it if you take out the years in which he's missed time and you take out his rookie season, Christian McCaffrey hits this yardage number. He's a thousand yard rusher basically when he's healthy. Uh, that's what he's done uh, over the course of his career. When it comes to the touchdowns on the ground, he's only hit this number. Uh, let me just make sure it's seven and a half. He's made it twice. 2019 when he had 15 and then last year when he had eight. So a bit of a mixed bag in that regard. We've mentioned here on the show how we kind of stay away from touchdown numbers unless we feel super strongly in one way or the other. Um, most of these are end, end up being right on the nose. When it comes yeah. to the yardage, Jamie, I mean, I guess you're concerned about way, the way San Francisco utilizes running backs. But when he got there, I mean, the guy got traded on a Tuesday and then on a Sunday without knowing the playbook was all over the place. They used them all. Yeah. Like I'm not concerned about the way they're going to use because I know Kyle Shanahan likes to use a bunch of different running backs, but it's because he's never had Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and, and I think this line is is a little bit indicative of they're building a little bit of the San Francisco tax of like, hey, Chanahan's going to use multiple backs. I also think they're guarding against him missing some time. But I don't think this line is that far off. I like the over. Uh, I, I think he – I have him at just going over 1,100 yards. 1,106 yards is what I have him getting on the ground. And my touchdown total has him at 9.3. So he's technically a little bit over on both probably not to the level that I would feel super confident in um, only because of just because of his passing game prowess. He is somebody that sometimes can just take over the game through the air. 
Uh, and we saw that even at times last year where it's just like, well, we don't need to run the ball because we're just going to we're going to use Christian McCaffrey in the short passing game as effectively our running game. So that would be the only level of concern for me. But I think mostly this is a stay away only because it's not enough of a gap between the posted total and my projections. But I agree with you, Chris. I, I expect him if he's on the field, even for 15 games this year, even if he misses a game or two, I still think he has the very much has 1000 yard rushing potential. Next guy up for us to discuss here, that new Dallas Cowboys RB1, Tony yeah. Pollard. 1,050.5 on the yardage, 8.5 on the touchdowns. I can't get there. I mean, I can't get there either. My, my, my guy had my guy had 1,007 yards last year and 9 touchdowns. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to just do the, the equivalency of, oh, Ezekiel Elliott not there, Tony Pollard's numbers automatically go up. Like, I'm just not going to do that. You and I have the same concerns over him having an increased workload and maybe that being a bad thing. Maybe that not being the best thing for Tony Pollard. And so for me, I just look at this and I say, I don't know if he's going to be able to max out any more than he did last year. So I'm staying away from these ones. I also have this sneaking suspicion that they're going to use him a little bit more consistently in the receiving game. They used him at times in that spot last year. But if you remember, he was kind of, it was very boomer bust in terms of his receiving production of like when he got targets and when he didn't. Uh, I can't quite get there with him. I have him projected to get 970 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground, which puts him you know, say, uh, below both of those numbers. But I do think he's going to get, I also have him for 53 catches, 445 yards and two touchdowns through the air. So when you think, if you look at his overall numbers, they're going to look really strong. I'm just not sure I can get there all on the ground. I, I, I have some concerns about, can he hold up under the workload? He's coming off an injury himself. What other combination of backs do they use? Is this team, this team's always been pass heavy, but are they going to be even slightly more pass heavy this year? I just, this is probably, again, I, I, we've seen him flash. So I don't want to bet against him and take the unders here. And also my numbers are pretty close, particularly on the yardage, but I, I can't get there on the over. Like this is, this yeah. is a complete stay away for me. I, I agree hundred percent. I just, it's a stay away because I just, until I see what this new, version of Tony Pollard is going to look like in whatever workload they give him that's going to be different if it is different from 2022 I am in a wait and see mode there so I'm going to uh, to stay away uh New England Patriots RB1 Ramondre Stevenson the next player up for us to discuss a thousand and a half yards six and a half touchdowns listen Jamie you and I have been on the Ramondre Stevenson bandwagon since he was drafted yeah. we, we we evaluated him as a late round guy that we thought was a was a deep sleeper um, for a lot of people. We thought this was a guy that could carve out a really nice role. In fact, he's carved out the starting role there in New England. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year in 17 games. He got in the end zone twice. I, I still think they're going to – I mean, B Bill O'Brien's there now. They're still going to have yeah. an emphasis on running the football with Mac Jones. So I, I like both of these numbers. I don't think it's a sprint. It's not a cartwheel. I don't even think it's a brisk jog. But I like both of these numbers. I'm, I'm not moving away from the betting window. I'm kind of staying right where I'm in. in I'm staying in the vicinity. Yeah, and, and I think you know I, I have at 1,200 yards and seven and a half touchdowns. So I'm, I'm going to be more likely to bet on the the over on the yards here because I get about 200 yards of space versus just one extra touchdown. We also got but the other factor, Chris, less competition. Damian Harris is no longer there, and I, I know there's going to be some competition for potential, you know, pass catching targets, but. Ramondre Stevenson is set up to be the guy in New England on an offense that can't be worse than it was last year. You mean you're it not afraid? Can't. You're not afraid of Ty Montgomery and uh, Pierre Strong Jr. You're not. You're not Pierre afraid Strong of Strong Jr. Kevin Harris, um, JJ Taylor, and there's JJ well. Taylor. 
almost said JJ Nelson, wrong JJ. Yeah, I mean, nobody's no if he is healthy, he's getting the carries. So I I, I like the over here on yards. That's I I of the three we've talked about so far, my favorite one here because I have about 200 yards of wiggle room. I think he's a 1200 yard guy. On the yeah, team. and and I, and I think I can I can. There are knocks with the other two guys that I don't think exist with Ramondre, right? Like with with Christian McCaffrey, you're worried about the San Francisco tax. With Tony Pollard, you're worried about the increased workload. With Ramondre Stevenson, what are you worried about? Him getting hurt? He was healthy all of last year and played in all 17 games. So it's yeah. like I, he, he's entering his third season. You're not worried about tread on the tires. And so, like, again, I think those other two guys, we have major, major concerns. Where with Ramondre, I don't think we have any of those major concerns. Uh, a player I have major concerns about, J.K. Dobbins, the next running back up for us to discuss. 800 and a half on the rushing yards, six and a half on the touchdowns. In his rookie season in 2020, he had 805 yards and nine touchdowns, so he would be over on both. Last year, he only played in eight games, and he had 520 yards and two touchdowns. This is the ultimate shrug emoji, Jamie. I, I, this is a stay away from me. I can't do anything here. Yeah, it's stay away, and I think the numbers are right. I have him at 883 and 7.2. I think this is this is a very reasonable line, and I you, we have discussed on the show before, Mike. I have levels of concern about not only his long term health, but the fact that I think they're not going to run the ball as frequently in Baltimore this year as they have in years past. And I'm not sure J.K. Dobbins is the player people desperately want him to be. And if you take out, and again, I know it happens, so you can't just sit there and pretend it didn't. But if you take out that crazy. Touchdown every game run he had at the end of his rookie year. I think we'd be talking about J.K. Dobbins a lot differently as a player now than we are. Uh, the next player uh, up for us to discuss, Jamie, I think this is just a prediction. I think we're going to disagree here on this player. Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner. 750 and a half on the yardage. Six and a half on the touchdowns. I'll let you go first. See if we disagree. I like the over on both, so I know we're going to disagree. Um, I know he's playing on a bad team. That is that is going to be uh, point number one when I get <laughs> when I get time. That's going to be point number one. So uh, they're awful. Yes, I, I understand that. There's a combination of being awful and having an injury history, which is not not the two things you want when you talk about overs. Has never finished a season. Has never played in a full slate of games in his career. That will be point number two when it becomes back to being my time. But so right now I have him projected to play 13 games this year. And I have that's what he played last year. I've made 840 yards and nine and a half touchdowns. So I, this is one I might bet the over on touchdowns because even though I don't know how healthy he's going to be, somebody's going to have to score at some point for the Cardinals and he's going to get all of the goal line. Work. They don't have to, they could just not score points. I mean, they're not getting shut out every week. That's probably true. They're not going to be very good though. They're not, but they weren't very good last year. The second half either. James Conner was perfectly fine. So last year, 13 games, 782 yards and seven touchdowns. And and I think there's a, there's a context that needs to be added here, Jamie. A lot of the value that James Conner gives you in fantasy is that he is a receiving threat out of the backfield. And so you get those additional points. That's not what we're discussing here. We are just looking at him from the lens of being a runner. And the two concerns that I would have, Jamie, is the injury history, the fact that he's never completed a full season in his career. And Jamie, I just think they're going to be down by multiple scores late in games. And I just don't know if he's going to get enough carries. Like, I think you're going to be looking at this team, at least until Kyler Murray gets back. So we're talking probably the first half of the season where like by midway through the third quarter, I think they're going to be down two scores at at best. Like, I just think they're going to be, they've got, they've got an offensive line that is awful. The right side of their offensive line and their center is not very good. I, I like DJ Humphreys and I, 
I don't like what they're doing with Paris Johnson, but him being their left guard for 2023 at least gives them one side of the offensive line that we like in the left side. I don't love the right side of the offensive line. I don't love their skill position group. I don't love the quarterbacks that we're going to have through the first half of the season from them. Their defense isn't very good, so their defense is going to be giving up points, and so they're going to be down. Like, I just can't get there. The 782... But aside from all that... Aside from all of that, take the over. Like, he had 782 yards last year in 13 games, Jamie, but, like, there was a lot of crossover with Kyler Murray in those 13 games, and I just don't know if there's going to be that much crossover, and they are objectively, even if Kyler was on this team from the get-go, they are a worse team than they were a year ago. Their offensive line is worse. They lost DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense had lost players. Like they're not as good as a team as they were a year ago. And so I can get on board with this. I don't know if I'm doing cartwheels to bet the under, but I would bet the under on this at 750. I just don't think he gets there. He's only done it in the two years that he was, he did it both years that he was in Arizona, right? Because his number is what, 750? He did 752 and 782. So he has done it both years he was in Indy. But you have to go back to 2018 when he had 970 yards in 13 games with the Steelers to find another year in which he's done it. I, I'm just, I, I can't get on board. I just don't think they're gonna, there's going to be enough volume late in games for them while Kyler Murray's on the sidelines for this to be relevant. Now, maybe Kyler surprises and only misses six games yeah. and comes back early, but I am just, just can't get it. I would also say that in, in Connor's final seven games of the year last year, he ran for 537 yards and six touchdowns in seven games. Uh, and I think that that is his stretch to end the year. And by the way, that stretch even continued in the couple weeks he played without Kyler Murray he ran for 80 yards and touchdown and 80 yards uh, in the two games he played without Kyler. So I, I get it. I get your point and I understand the concern. And again, I'm not running to the window for either one of these. The yardage is, is pretty close, but uh, it's something that I think the, I just want to note that these lines feel like they're a little low. I get your point and I understand it, but I think the lines have baked in all of the things that you're talking about and they've kind of got to the point where it's still this low. So I'm not betting on this. This is not going to be one that I'm, I'm going to take in, in our draft, but it's also one that I think just needs to be a little bit acknowledged uh, that I, I feel like there could be some value here. We got two more names to not discuss. One of my personal favorite. Two more names for us to discuss here uh, on today's show. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, 800 and a half on the yards, six and a half on the touchdowns. Uh, we have the one season to go off of his rookie season, played yep. 12, 12 games, 797 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the 3.9 yards per attempt is probably the thing that you worry about the most here uh, when yep. discussing Brian Robinson Jr. Going to be a different offense with Eric Bieniemy in charge there. I, I think you're going to see them use the running back a little bit more, um, and there could be some opportunity there. JB, I like these numbers. I do, but this is kind of a stay away from me. I didn't say I was. I didn't say I was running. I didn't say I was doing cartwheels. I just said I like them. So I have I have Robinson down for 976 yards and four and a half touchdowns. So you're um, there on the yards. By a good I'm healthy in the yards, but it's going to take a lot of work to get there. Uh, I've met 244 carries. Yeah, I, I mean, with 3.9 yards per attempt. I already game. mentioned this. I, I like the yards because I think he's – I don't think there's a lot of – even with the pieces they have, I still think he's going to clearly be their early down back. And I think we're going to see Gibson used a lot more as the receiving threat. And uh, and there are other pieces they have that aren't really a threat to Robinson right now. But his inefficiency on the ground is a concern. And that was always that was a concern with him coming out of college. Like this, we kind of got the player we we expected. He does come this year with with an advantage that he wasn't shot before the season, which is supremely helpful. Um, you know, being I I I am not neither a running back nor somebody who has been shot. But deductive reasoning tells me being shot in the leg as a running back is not the ideal way to begin your career. In no, the NFL. no, no, no. It's not not a great start to to his career. Not a great not so, not, not a great start um, to his NFL life. He'll be in a better spot there. You know how I feel on this show about what I think this offense can be under Eric Bieniemy uh, and future and 
probably very, very f- near future head coach of, of the Washington Commanders. Uh, can't get there on the touchdowns yet. Uh, I understand why, but I just can't get there yet. I like the the volume and the workload enough to get me there on the yardage. And But this is kind of in that middle tier. Of I'm not running to the podium. If I had to bet on one, I'd feel okay betting on the over on the 800 and a half yards. But like, eh. Jamie, I'm running to the podium for the next player. Ooh. Running. Not cartwheels, but I'm running. Okay. David Montgomery, the last player that we're going to discuss here on the show today. New Detroit Lions running back. Okay. 750 and a half on the yards. No touchdown prop on the board for Dave Montgomery. They're, they don't want to get Jamal Williams. They're trying to be very, very careful yes. there. And, and to be fair, that, uh, and so people, don't, they do not have Jam- uh, Jameer Gibbs props available either. So they're, this is the only Lions running back prop is Montgomery rushing yards right now. <clears throat> Jamie? Yeah? Taking the under. Taking the under on 750 and a half. I'm not, but like, I'm staying away. I'm at 818. <laughs> like I'm not, I mean, I have an 818. My guy over the first four years of his career, 889, okay. 1070, 849, 801. That's while being the featured back in an offense and getting 200 plus carries in, in, in those four seasons in Chicago each and every year. I don't think he's getting that in Detroit. This show, this show has made it very clear how we feel. I, I think I made it very clear how I feel about Jameer Gibbs. Yes, I made it clear I feel about Gibbs as well. But but that was in a fantasy context. That was in a fantasy context. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's pass-catching volume. I mean, I I think Montgomery probably gets to this number, but it's going to be super close. No, this is an under. I don't feel confident. This is an under for me. Only two seasons in which he's been healthy. I don't think he's going to have the same workload. Okay, Chris. If we're willing to make a personal bet. No, we're not doing this. We already have a bet on Jameer Gibbs being the RB1 in Detroit, and you have David Montgomery. We basically have this bet already. Yeah, but we didn't decide how we're going to define that yet. We have to figure that out of how we define our right. But that's we already have a bet on literally this issue. This is just me taking it to another level where I'm betting on David Montgomery's. That's where where my belt bar is getting here, Chris. We're working on it. They're lost in the mail. I think they got lost in the mail. Yeah, they've been lost in the mail for over a year. Hey, the U.S. Postal Service, you can blame them. Mm -hmm. They lost them. Yeah, I I just I, I don't know, Jimmy. Like, I think his role in Chicago, where he was able to put up these numbers, is not the same role he's going to to pay to 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 play out in Detroit. I know they paid him like three years, eighteen million. But I think they paid him to be the Jamal Williams and allow me to potentially make myself look foolish and look up what Jamal Williams' numbers were in Detroit. But now, yes, he had 1,066 yards last year. I think I'm going to discount that because now Jameer Gibbs in the building. But in his first year in Detroit, he had 601 yards. Like, I think that's more the role he's going to have. 150 or so carries, get in the end zone a couple of times. Like, they kind of rode the hot hand with Jamal Williams and his <clears throat> checks notes. 17 touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. in 2022. Like I yeah, just, I, mean, I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see that. I, I see David Montgomery taking on a similar role and not being able to, to, to put up that level of production added to the Jameer Gibbs factor with him being in the room. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm selling this one under. Okay. I, I am at two. I, I do. I'm getting 200 carries. I have 200 carries, 818 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, I, I think he's going to be perfectly fine. And I think there's plenty of room in this offense for both. Uh, again, that's not as remarkable of a season as I have Gibbs getting, but I think there's plenty of room in this offense for both of these guys to be highly successful, particularly early on. Because again, we're talking about the biggest weapons on this offense. It's Amon Ross St. Brown and who? Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs and David Montgomery. Maybe Sam Laporta. Maybe, but not early in the season. No, no. That's why I said maybe. That's why I said maybe. No. 
Ben Johnson might get creative. You don't know how he uses Sam Laporta. Might 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 have some tricks up his sleeve. Might make him a passer. Maybe Jared Goff can catch some passes. Well, they had they ran that play where an offensive lineman caught a pass, right? It's true. So they got they got tricks up their sleeve. Penny yeah. Sewell, tight end one. Penny Sewell, tight end one. Yep, for your Detroit Lions in uh, 2023. All right, that is going to do it for us here on this edition of Prospects and Props. Two of the four running back shows in the books. We've got some big names left. I mean, I'm just looking at the list here, yep. Jamie. We've got over the next two shows, we've got Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, uh, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. I mean, we've got some big names still left over the next couple of shows. So you're going to want to come on back, see us again here over the next couple of days when we've got more of these shows in the books for you. And after running backs, we continue the train. The train keeps moving wide receivers right after that. So it should be a lot of fun in the meantime. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show. We would greatly appreciate it. It helps us out a ton here. You've got the video version of the show available on the YouTube side of things, the Draft Network on YouTube. Subscribe over there. Give the video a thumbs up. Leave a comment. We would greatly appreciate it. Turn on that that notification bell so you know when we go live. Uh, with a video or a premiere of one of these episodes here on the YouTube side of things. So we got some really great content coming to you guys here over the course of the next couple of weeks there as well. So that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.